Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who and I have been working with these children for over 30 years, and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts, and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Greetings. Today's topic is called, If Only Doctors Were Fluent in Parent and Child Speak. I bring this up because most parents and other patients find talking to doctors and other health providers as difficult. This means that they could have low health literacy. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, one parent in four is low on health literacy. What does that mean? First, we must define health literacy. Health literacy is the ability to find, understand, and use information and services to inform health-related decisions and actions for themselves and others. For parents, this means understanding what physicians and other healthcare providers are telling them about their child's condition or health, or what the written materials mean. The effect of low health literacy is wide-ranging, including poor nutrition knowledge and behaviors, higher obesity rates, more medication errors, more emergency department use, and poor asthma knowledge, behaviors, and outcomes. According to the AAP, which is the American Academy of Pediatrics, health literacy requires the parent to have a complex set of skills, including knowledge, oral communication, written communication, quantitative ability, and navigation and information seeking skills. This list in and of itself will cause many parents to struggle due to the need to understand many complex words such as quantitative ability. Where can a parent with low health literacy skills find themselves struggling? Well, let's look at some areas. Filling out basic information on medical forms, understanding diagnoses, taking medications correctly, adhering to recommended behaviors, and assessing the validity of and interpreting the content of health information presented via media channels. So that means do they understand what they're hearing from Facebook, Snapchat, and TikTok, for example? How about Fox News versus CNN? Why should we be concerned about parents having low health literacy? Looking at adult studies on low health literacy has shown the following adverse outcomes. Individuals with low health literacy are less likely to use preventive services, have less knowledge of chronic illnesses in their management, have more preventable hospital visits, have more admissions and use of emergency services, are more likely to report their health status as poor, and have higher mortality rates. So is there a link between overall literacy and health literacy? The answer is yes. According to the U.S. Department of Education, 
54% of Americans between the ages of 16 and 74 read below a sixth grade level. Historically, our education system has had a benchmark of graduating students being at an eighth grade reading level. This is not adequate for going on to college. It does not encourage lifelong reading and learning since it would involve understanding increasingly complex language and vocabulary. Studies on the reading level of many types of consumer health literature for parents have found that they are written at grade levels between fifth and 16th, which is college to graduate level, with most being between fifth and ninth grade levels. Examples of the type of information reviewed included the CDC fact sheet on the polio vaccine at the fifth grade level, asthma materials at the eighth grade level, but ranging between fifth and ninth grade, and brochures by the AAP having a median reading grade level of 10th with a range of 6th to 16th. Now, the reviews on readability that I looked at were from 2009, so hopefully there have been changes since then to accommodate parents. I will give you an update on that later in this podcast. There is also the concern that adolescents and young adults who have more control over their health care are low in health literacy. This is especially true if their parents have low health literacy, but is found in youth with higher overall literacy levels. They may misread labels on OTC medications, not understand what their illness is and buy the wrong medications, and not know when or where to get medical help for their chronic conditions such as asthma, epilepsy, or diabetes. This puts these young people at risk for medication errors, overdoses, worsening of their health conditions, and even death. What is being done and what can you do to help these children and their families? Well, first, you have to know what is currently being done to address this problem. Many organizations use tools to measure health literacy of parents and at times of teens. Most of these tools, however, are inadequate because they only focus on word recognition or reading ability, which means the fluency. These don't look at other parts of health literacy, which consist of numeracy, which is understanding the meaning of numbers, very important in understanding how to dose a medication, oral skills to explain what they need and to understand what they're being told by their physician, and navigational skills, which are required to access services. It is worse for the child health environment since there are few scales that focus specifically on this segment of the population. A proposed model for improving health literacy skills related to child health is laid out in the article entitled Literacy and Child Health, which was published in the Archives of Pediatric and Adolescent Medicine in February of 2009. Their proposed developmental model for health literacy skills is divided into four developmental ages, being toddler, school age, adolescent, and young adult or caregiver of a young child. They focus on what should be taught to children in each of these developmental levels in terms of reading skills, verbal expressive skills, numeracy skills, and navigational skills. The focus is on improving the health literacy skills of all the pediatric patients themselves 
but this in turn will provide them with lifelong health literacy skills that apply to their own children when they become parents. Methods that have been researched and found to improve parental and or child understanding of the condition being treated, the medication used, and how to dose it include modified brochures with lower grade level print, video learning of the aspects of illness, medication, and dosing, camps specific to childhood diseases that increase the child's understanding of their own health, pictograms to demonstrate the different steps for caring for the child with a disease, and live demonstrations in coaching of parents for their child's disease and how to use medications. We still have a ways to go, I found out, when I checked the readability score of an article on healthychildren.org, which is associated with the AAP. This article is entitled 10 Tips to Prevent Aggressive Toddler Behavior. It was last updated in June of 2021. This would be a frequently accessed article for parents of young children. According to readabilityformulas.com, which averages out the results of seven tools to assess readability, the grade level came out at 10th. For reading ease, it was considered at standard or average. But as I mentioned early in this podcast, 54% of Americans are not reading at a sixth grade level. These parents would get frustrated trying to understand the article. This could lead to them resorting to physical punishment as the one tool they use to try to control their children. Well, what about treating a medical condition such as asthma? Healthychildren.org has an article entitled Nine Asthma Triggers and What to Do About Them. It was also updated in June of 2021. According to readabilityformulas.com, the average of the seven tools placed the reading level at grade eight and the reading ease level at barely difficult to read. This means that even someone reading at an eighth grade level would have to work to understand due to complex sentences and more advanced vocabulary. You can help change this area of significant risk to our children by advocating to your medical professionals, hospitals, and public health departments to review their patient handout materials and registration materials to determine what grade or ease of reading level they are at, modifying them to increase the number of patients and parents who can successfully access and use them. You can also approach your elected officials to develop programs and policies to improve literacy in general in the U.S. This would lead to less mental health problems, less aggressive behavior, and improved productivity, which is great for us all. Now, just to let you know, if I had made this podcast as an article, I would have lost a lot of people based on readabilityformulas.com. I received a rating of 12th grade and a reading ease score of difficult to read. This is why I share my knowledge and research as a podcast, not as written articles. But with a great deal of editing, I know I can bring it down to at least an eighth grade level. I would have to collaborate with people of different reading levels to then be able to simplify it even more. It is worth it to make sure we are reaching our audiences, even when it means that we must drop a lot of our five syllable vocabulary words and make our sentences shorter and more precise.